T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Holiday times are upon us. I even hate that we have to talk about some of these topics sometimes, but this is a mental health show. I care about all y'all and your mental health first. We have a lot of holidays coming up right now. Um, a lot of us only think of certain holidays, but there are a lot of holidays that aren't as prevalent as maybe the Christian holidays or the white holidays. So there's a wealth of them and they often mean people coming together and celebrating in community. So we're going to talk about ways to really deal with the holiday and our mental health and emotions during that. And that means dealing with others, dealing with our relationships to our bodies and food and family members. And oh my gosh, all sorts of stuff comes up for some of us. Bless. If you all just love and light when you see your family, that's awesome. Enjoy that for others. Stepping back into a little bit of trauma, there's anxiety, anticipatory anxiety, there's depression, all sorts of stuff. People's sobrieties maybe feel a little more fragile and weak. So we're going to talk about ways to weather that. Uh, first thing is don't be afraid to change the traditions. And I mean that in every way, shape, and form. We often think that there's one way to do something or the right way or the way we've always done it. It's okay to say, hey, moving forward, we're doing it differently. For whatever the reason is, we are going to make everything potluck as opposed to having one person host it. We're going to do it on the day before, the day after. Maybe we're going to be sober and everyone can go out and have alcohol afterwards, but we want to make it a safe space for those that don't drink. Whatever it is, you're allowed to change things. Traditions are allowed to evolve. In fact, they need to because the needs of the people have to mean more than the tradition. Because otherwise, what are we doing then? We're just honoring what other people used to do for what value if it's not really meeting the needs or making people feel cared for. So allow traditions to change. Um, in fact, that might even mean sometimes not attending. I know that that doesn't feel like that's an option for a lot of people, but I want to remind you it is. You're allowed to say, I'm going to pass this year. And you're allowed to sometimes maybe to say why, and you're also, it's okay to not say why. So just because you need the year off, that doesn't mean that something bad's happening and that has to be okay. We're also allowed to not, as they say, go through the motions. And this is also part of changing the traditions. Maybe you don't make it this fancy thing that everyone has to get dressed up for because that makes it more uptight and exhausting or people don't have the money to go get those clothes this year. Maybe people want to attend it comfortably. So it's okay to say, we're just wearing what we want. Let's keep it comfortable. Bring, come, show up in your pajamas, your sweatpants. It's also okay to say that for yourself. I know you all are going to be wearing jackets and ties. I'm going to come comfortably. I'm giving myself permission to wear what feels best for me. I do that. You better believe that I don't feel the need to conform and that when I show up at an event or a party, I wear what feels best for me. And if I can't go as myself, then I can't go. Because who are you inviting then? Uh, um, an archetype of who you think I am? Or do you want the real me to come based on how I'm feeling? I know it's a little bit edgy and radical for some people, but I think mental health matters. And sometimes you're not ready to perform the holidays in the ways that they were always done. Let's also talk about setting different expectations. Sometimes the, the expectations aren't realistic because of finances, because of COVID, uh, because of distance, because of a lot of different things. So it doesn't have to be perfect. I was kind of saying that again to people that might be spending it alone or spending it differently. Different doesn't mean bad or wrong. Different just means evolution and change. We might still play the music or maybe we don't whether we're solo or with others. You might still engage in this typical standard foods, or maybe we don't. Maybe this year we just order pizza and wear our pajamas because the holidays are supposed to be about community coming together and having a little bit of joy. And I think that's gotten lost. 
Um, sometimes we want to let people know what's going on and other times we don't. So it's okay to set those boundaries. But what we don't want to do is, like I said, perform perfect holiday because what are we, what are we centering or honoring then when we're doing that? Not people, not mental health, not the experience. Also, let's not compare our holiday to other people's or this current holiday to last year's. Um, next year can be even different if this way we're doing it this year isn't feeling best. It's allowed to be a constant shift and constant evolution. I really want us to like expand outside of there being one way or the right way. It keeps us trapped. Also, going into the holidays, it's important to really pay attention to what you need to show up in the way you want to show up and to deal with what you need to deal with. And so there's a lot of things to think about around that. Um, do you need to get more rest before you go? Have you eaten? Are you hydrated? Like these are all the foundational pieces that set us up to be able to better deal with what maybe we're stepping into around the holidays or, or what we're not. And I mean that whether or not you're even attending anything, just moving through the world around the holidays can be hard because of the songs and the decorations and the conversations we hear or the movies that are played. We're kind of forced into acknowledging and feeling some of those feelings. It's very hard to really step out of the holidays because it's such an immersive thing. It pretty much is entering our lives through any outlet it can. Um, so we wanna make sure we're taking care of ourselves during that time, especially as we see it coming knowing how we traditionally feel, knowing what we traditionally struggle with. So getting the rest we need, eating the foods we need to eat, just really taking care of ourselves. That has to mean more than performing perfect holiday or performing the holiday every year the same way. It's okay to let people down. It tends to be a lot of the older generations that tend to get very rigid and needing things to be the same way they always are. You have to keep reminding people what the purpose of this really is and that that can be achieved a lot of different ways. And we don't want to put that before people's experience of the event. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about how to survive the holidays. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to survive the holidays. I hate that this is even needing to be a topic, but it is. Because even if you're not attending anything, you're still living in the world where you're hearing, singing, seeing, listening. It's the music, the costume, the costumes. Well, for some there is. But the music, the decorations, the movies, the conversations. People saying happy holiday every two seconds, which is a beautiful thing for some, but for others, it's a trigger. It's a reminder of them spending it alone this year or trauma and events from the past or not having it the way they wanted to have. Eh, it's a lot of stuff. So we're just taking care of ourselves. We're just talking about first about the basic needs. Um, then we're going to get a little more specific, but remembering that we can do things differently, remembering that we should center people's experience over the presentation. It doesn't have to be perfect or look the same or be ideal. You just really want people to feel comfortable and to have fun. That's really what it's about. People coming together and celebrating and having joy. It doesn't need to look a certain way. We're not, we're not, you know, putting these photos in a magazine and we want really people to walk away wanting to come back. 
Um, so we're honoring that. We're letting people ask for what they need, how long they stay, when they arrive, what they're wearing. Um, everyone matters. Everyone in attendance matters. No one's needs are more legitimate than anyone else's. And I think it's hard for us to remember that sometimes, but that's really important. Um, now we're going to get more specific and personal. I want to tell everyone this. It's okay to say no, whatever that means. No, I don't want to eat that. No, I don't want to talk about my weight loss or weight gain. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about while I'm drinking or even no, I can't attend. And no, I can't explain why. We're allowed to set those boundaries. And I know that that's hard in some family systems or some social circles because it's expected that you're there. It's expected that, you know, you're not going to make your mom cry and she'll be sad if you're not there. Well, guess what? Your mental health matters as much as your mom's. Your feelings and your needs are as valid. It's okay to say, I can't attend. It's okay to give more information. It tends to not feel comfortable or safe for me. Uh, So-and-so is drinking or it tends to be high conflict or I can't go as my true gender. Uh, People misgender me or they dead name me. You're allowed to set those boundaries. You're allowed to ask that, hey, I need everyone to honor who I am. (laughs) Don't offer me a drink. Please don't talk about my body. Please don't dead name me or misgender me. You're allowed to make requests because your mental health matters as much as everyone else's. No one's matters more, not grandma, not your mom, not the host. You matter too. And just a side note for all the hosts, not everyone drinks. Have non-alcoholic options so people can feel valued and respected. Nothing more disrespecting than going to an event or a party and who you are isn't accommodated. Please don't assume everyone drinks. Also, some people are vegan. Have some vegan options. Not everyone eats meat and dairy. I, I'm vegan. And, there, and it, there's nothing more miserable than going to a party or an event and there's nothing I can eat. And no one even asked if there's any special needs. Some people are gluten-free. Some people are vegan. There's other special needs. So it's okay to ask, does anyone have any dietary needs or restrictions? That's how you actually perform good host. Because everyone's time there matters. doesn't matter that you eat meat and you're hosting it. Everyone else's experience matters too, or don't invite them. It's very dehumanizing to invite people and then say, and I don't care about their experience or what their needs are. But feel free to say no, even if it's last minute, if it's in service of mental health. I know I told you I was attending. Unfortunately, I can't honor that because of my mental health. Thank you for the invite. You don't need to explain yourself. Here's another good one. Uh, Be kind to your wallet, as they say. You don't need to spend more than you're comfortable spending. You don't need to put on something lavish or over the top, even if that's what you do every year, even if that's what people are expecting. As I said before, you can say this year, wear your pajamas, we're ordering pizza. Or this year, everyone bring a meal that's important to them and something that they'd like to have there, and everyone brings something. Don't feel as though you have to spend money you can't spend. I even mean that with gift giving. You're allowed to say we're not giving gifts this year, or we're all going to give one person a gift, or let's make something, or can we please put a price limit on the gift giving and make it $5 or $10 or $20, depending on what you're comfortable with, or let's not give gifts at all. Let's go around and say what we're thankful for. But we don't need to make We shouldn't make finances or performing a perfect event or being the perfect host something that adds to our anxiety. Holidays and life are hard enough. I can't say this enough. Remember what the purpose of holidays and parties and events are. Fun, socialization, come back to that. Because your event wasn't a success if people feel uncomfortable, not respected, don't want to be there, you're upset because things aren't going the right way. What are you doing then? What are you centering? What's the point then? Here's another great one about boundaries and taking care of yourself. Know when to end conversations, but feel free to stop them. You better believe I'm often out in the world. I'm saying things like, hey, I'm not really comfortable with that topic. Uh, Let's talk about something else. Uh, I I used to have to say that around my weight when I was putting on more muscle, losing muscle, whatever it was, Uh, my diet, I gain weight, I lose weight. And I'd say, hey, I don't want to talk about my body. Even when it's a compliment, Chris, you look great. Hey, thank you, but let's not talk about my body. There's a lot of other great things going on. I can tell you about those. Or I don't want to talk about my gender. Or I don't want to talk about, you know, whatever it is. You're allowed to bring that up. I don't want to talk about why I'm, why I'm married or why I'm not married. Or, hey, this year I don't want to talk about why I have kids or when I'm having kids. Feel free to set boundaries. A lot of people are used to others being boundaryless, Or because of their role, I'm dad or I'm grandmom or whatever it is, they think that they have a right to be boundaryless. It's not true. So maybe this is the year that you actually start to set that standard. I also think there's something beautiful in this one as well. When I was doing the research for this topic, it could really bring you down some rabbit holes. Something unrelated, but I think is really beautiful, is that it's okay to be sad during the holidays. Not just because you have nowhere to go, not just because you're choosing to not participate with certain people, but sometimes it's also because of the people that aren't there this year or can't be this year. They might have passed or they're somewhere else. 
it's okay to also spend some time to grieve or mourn who's absent. It's also okay to honor who's not there by saying their name, by telling a story about them, by setting a plate or a place for them. There's something really beautiful in that because remember when people pass, they're just not here with us physically anymore, but they can still be with us emotionally and psychologically and spiritually. Someone who can't attend because of COVID or finances, we can still bring them in by FaceTiming them, getting them on the phone, passing the phone around, FaceTiming, or just mentioning their absence. Hey, can we honor who's not here and who's not with us and why? There's something really beautiful in that. All right, let's take a little break and we'll come back and keep talking about how to survive the holidays. They shouldn't be something that have to be survived, FYI. So sit with that one. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back. We're talking about how to survive the holidays, keep our mental health intact. I hate that this is even a topic, and I wanted to bring this one up sooner than later. Um, I know we're in the middle of holiday time. Remember what the purpose is, coming together, celebrate and joy. We don't celebrate holidays and throw parties and events to make life harder, to make people stressed, to make people spend money they don't have, uh, to make people have to endure conversations and people that they don't feel safe around and questions that are not appropriate or boundaryless. That's not why we do it. We don't do it to make people feel ostracized or marginalized because we don't have non-alcoholic beverages or vegan options and whatever it is. You know, remember the spirit of what this is and try to make everything aligned with that. You want everyone to feel cared for. You want everyone to have fun, to leave feeling good, to want to come back. Otherwise, what are you doing? (laughs) It's okay to honor who's not there. It's okay to use that as a moment. I also think I want to call it, it's okay to be alone. It's okay to say, I'm going to spend this time with myself. I don't really want to participate or celebrate, or I don't feel safe in those environments. It's okay to prefer solitude, self-reflection or relaxation or whatever it is during the holiday. You're also allowed to do the antithesis of the holiday, whatever that means for you. If you usually go to your family's home in the snow in the winter, you're allowed to beach it instead. If you usually spend time with others, you can spend it quietly alone. You, You get to use this time how you want. For some people, this is the only time they have off from work. And maybe it's better spent recharging and resting or doing something that is fun. Everyone has a different experience of their family, what the holidays mean. Like we really want to remember that. It's easy because you think it's great or your family's safe to tell people like, oh, it's your family, just go home. But you don't know what you might be coaching them into. You know, like not everyone's family is safe or is comfortable. So what are we doing? We're remembering what matters. These are like the most important takeaways. We're learning to accept imperfection. We're not going for perfection. That's not what this is about. This isn't the time to put your ego on the line and to demonstrate how awesome of a host you are. Showing kindness for others, people that need to come late or need to leave early. Maybe because at some point everyone's drinking too much or they have somewhere else to go. We're providing options that honor everyone who's there. We're letting self-care happen. Giving ourselves maybe a spending limit. This is how much I'm comfortable spending on gifts or I'm spending on hosting this event. Allowing it to be different, telling people to bring things, making it a little more creative. Also watching your mood. Is it time to go? Is it time to change my seat? Is it time to go talk to somebody else? Maybe while I'm there, I need to take some time apart, go for a walk, go sit in the car, go to the bathroom. Maybe I need to step outside and call a friend to ground myself. Maybe I need to go in the bathroom and say a prayer. Maybe I need to go for a walk and just hum or sing or play some music to self-soothe. Go sit by the person at the party that you feel safe with. It's okay to just spend the time with them. I tend to do that. I find one person at the party or event, and I kind of spend a lot of my time really getting to know them or reconnecting. I don't float and engage everyone. There's no right way or wrong way to do these things. I do what I need to do so I can feel comfortable while I'm there. It's also okay to ask for help from a family member. Hey, people are going to be drinking. I'm sober. Or hey, that person tends to ask me inappropriate questions about my gender or why I'm single or why I'm not having kids or whatever it is. Can you sit by me or can you be an advocate for me? Help me hold boundaries that I can't hold or, or, or really just kind of advocate in defending me if things kind of go off the rails a little bit. Sometimes it's also important to already enter letting them know that you'll be leaving early. Set a stop time. Hey, just let you know, I'm going to have to leave early. I'm going to be able to stick around for an hour and then I'm leaving. And then you hold that, letting them know that there's a hard out. I don't want people to have their mental health tanking around this. And sometimes what's worse is not the event, it's the anticipatory anxiety. But if we already set our boundaries before we get there, we let them know what we need. We, we already have in place our, our tools and our resources. It's going to decrease the anxiety a little bit. So maybe spend some time saying, what do I need? 
to put in place? What do I need to think about? What do I need to have access to, to feel good about this? And even for the people throwing the events, maybe it feels good to call out and give yourself permission for it to be casual, for it to be different this year, that we're gonna ask people to bring things. There's something about calling it out ahead of time that makes us feel okay doing it. It reduces the shame that we shouldn't have, but that maybe we do have. So let them know, we're gonna end early, or this one's gonna be non-alcoholic or we're gonna do a potluck, or we're gonna be you know, super casual because it's really all about fun and in the past we kind of made it more intensive. I can't tell you, the holidays for me historically were not fun. Everyone was so obsessed with when the food's ready, who's eating what, where we're sitting, what the table looks like. It was exhausting. And I remember sitting there going, I never wanna do this. And as soon as I'm old enough to not have to be here anymore, I might not want to. And I would never wanna throw a holiday if this is what it looks like. I didn't have really good, fun examples of just coming together and being lighthearted and being joyous. What a bummer. What a big bummer. So think about that. You want everyone to leave feeling good. You want everyone there to be cared for. And also the host. Just because you're hosting doesn't mean you're not allowed to let go and relax as well. It's okay to say, the food's out, do your thing. I'm gonna just be among you as well, buffet style. Bam, serve yourselves, put your plates in the sink or in the dishwasher, bam. <laughs> you know? So I think potluck's an awesome idea. It takes the pressure off of everyone and everyone has what they need and everyone knows that there'll be something there that they like. So many diet, you know, dietary restrictions and different needs. So, all right, y'all, uh, we're going to slide into those DMs. So uh, stick around, got a question for us, drop in the DMs, topic you want covered, drop it in there and past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Drop down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Stick around, we got more stuff to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Christina, and I'm a twin. I say that because I'm starting to realize that I have a problem with being alone. Hmm, okay, let's hear more. I hop from one relationship. See, I don't know. Okay, you're making a big connection between being a twin and not being able to be alone. I hop from one relationship to the next, you said. I get emotionally attached so fast to people. Afraid of being left, is this normal for a twin? Well, I mean, does that really matter if it's normal for a twin? This is who you are, this is how you move through the world, regardless of whether or not it's normal or not, doesn't make it a bad thing. Um, and I don't know that your twinness is really a part of this. It is okay to like relationship. It is okay to, to thrive and do better in them. I am better when I'm in a relationship romantically, that's healthy. I prefer relationships, I seek them when I'm not in them. There's nothing wrong with that. I also date very closely. I'd like to spend a lot of time. I like a lot of fusion. I like a lot of merger. I date very codependently. I depend on them. They depend on me. We do barred functioning. Yeah, it's okay to do that. There's no right way to run a relationship as long as it's what both parties want and that it's effective and that it's enhancing. As long as what you're doing is positive for both, all's well. As long as your, your presence in their life is good for them and their presence in your life is good for you, then there's no issue. There's nothing wrong with wanting relationships. There's nothing wrong with having a friend who's always dating. Why is that upsetting to us? Why does that make people struggle? We're so obsessed with people learning how to be alone. Don't learn how to be alone unless that's the goal you have. If you're wanting romance and relationship, please don't learn how to be alone. Learn how to be better and how to get into them and how to run them better and how to hold on to them. Whatever your goals are in life is what we need to learn how to do. If you want employment, learn how to be better with resumes and job interviews and keeping jobs. I don't think we'd ever say to someone, learn how to be unemployed for someone who's seeking employment. We might say, this is going to happen at times. Unemployment is a part of life and you need to learn how to find some comfort and peace in that. That I'll agree with, but we don't need to shame them valuing all the beautiful things that relationships provide for us. They provide a lot of beautiful things, companionship, borrowed functioning, support, co-regulation, sex, mirroring, validation. They're enhancing for our self-esteem. Yeah, that's right. We wanna be around people that are good for our self-esteem and help us with it. It's not just an inside job. And there's no right speed to move. Although if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not setting boundaries and you're making big decisions before you get to know someone, sure, that's going to deal, that's going to cause a lot of heartbreak and letdown. But if you're up for it, then you're up for it. I do tell people to date and to date and take time to decide if you want a relationship with someone and to make no big, bold moves or decisions until you get to know them. And it takes time to assess compatibility and all that. So that all holds true, but I'm okay with you not enjoying singledom and dating often. Good, I hope you're learning a lot and I hope you're looking back at who you've been to realize who you wanna be again and who you don't wanna be again. But there's no need for you to like practice being alone if that's not your goal. But yes, aloneness or singledom 
is something that's part of life and you do need to not be afraid of it. You do need to know how to exist within that. So my answer is a little bit of both. So there you go. I think we problematically shame people that really do better in relationships. Um, it scares people. It's such a fascinating concept. Uh, we really want to pathologize or, or call, you know, childlike people that really, you know, value love and they're into that. Let, let people find joy where they find joy. I think the problem is when we put work before relationships, you know, we tell people they're codependent because they are over relying on others. Well, why don't we call people work dependent when they put work before all else? Why don't we call that codependent codependence with your job? You know, your job's tanking your mental health. Your job's not allowing you to show up to your kid's soccer game. Your job's not allowing you to see your friends. Your job's making you tired. That, to me, is a more severe and toxic form of codependence than someone saying, I enjoy dating and having romance and sex and going out in the world with someone. Like, we've got our, we're, we're too capitalistic in our thinking, truly. And I think that's part of the problem. We devalue relationships and to the, and we overvalue productivity and work and, and material things. So I think it's actually calling out a cultural issue. So let's be better about that. So you do your thing. It has nothing to do with being a twin. Um, I don't think in those terms. I think in terms of attachment and psychology and all of that. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't really care. I want you to get more confident in the way you move through the world. So you do you and enjoy that. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to be uh, dropping some more gems. And then later in the show, we'll be closing out with another DM. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any questions you got, topics you want covered, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, and click on it. But stick around because we'll be back with more. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, for those just joining us, we're talking about ways to hold on to your mental health throughout the holidays. We've got a bunch of holidays coming back to back to back. I was looking at a stat. It was said something like between now and New Year's, there's over 29 different holidays. That's uh, a big number. We often think in terms of uh, Catholic or Christian or white-centric colonized holidays, but often miss out on recognizing all the other beautiful ways that people celebrate. Uh, but then we're looking at our mental health. Now we're going to get even more specific. And again, this applies to everyone, but this really applies more targeted in a more targeted way, I should say, for those that have a problematic relationship with drugs and alcohol or a problematic relationship with food. And that's people that maybe tend to over overindulge, underindulge, or you know have some kind of anxiety around what they're eating and body and, and alcohol and drugs. So these are going to be more targeted and more specific. Uh, also, some of them are going to be a little bit of overlap with some of the things we talked about, but I wanted to make sure that we <clears throat> really focus and target those populations because I think the holidays um, really, really, really can create some high-risk situations and triggers. So the first thing is um, making sure that you spend the holiday time still focusing on whatever is part of your general self-care or structure. So of course that means the basics, making sure you're eating every couple hours, making sure you're staying hydrated, making sure you're getting enough rest. The holiday times, I think it's easy to, because we're out of our normal routine with maybe work or other things, it's easy to go to bed later, sleep in, you know, maybe stay up late, get up early so you're not getting enough rest or not enough quality rest. And also, sometimes we fall out of, like I said, our self-care habits where maybe we're not meditating in the morning or maybe we're not going for that morning hike or that morning walk or we're not journaling because we're staying with friends or family or people are staying with us or, you know, like I said, our hours are off. Also really important for those that are in therapy or part of a 12-step program or anything else that's structured and supportive of those that maybe go to church or a spiritual group, make sure you're absolutely during stressful holiday times, especially, like I said, for those that are struggling with uh, an eating disorder or problematic relationship to drugs or alcohol, make sure that those are still built in and access those. There's tons of meetings that are available around the clock for those that can't access their therapist because your therapist also needs a break. I will be taking the holidays off and just resting and recuperating. Uh, you can be listening to podcasts, reading books. Maybe your therapist is going to give you a book you could read during that time or give you a few homework assignments that really keep you grounded and focused in what you're working on. Things like that are helpful. Like I said, podcasts, I listen to those all the time and they really reflect back and remind me who I want to be, how I want to think, what's really important. So again, whatever, whatever it normally looks like, bam, we should be doing that during the holidays as well. Um, and then for others, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe there's certain things you say during the holidays. It's the time when I'm not going to be as structured 
And if it's mental health related, please do continue to be structured. But maybe you're going to skip the gym during the holidays. And maybe you're going to skip the pressure you might put upon yourself around what you're eating and calorie counting. And you're just going to say, oh my God, just let me spend the holidays rooted in rest and pleasure and joy. Nothing depleting, nothing stressful. I'm not going to analyze what I'm eating, whether or not I'm going to the gym. And that's something that comes up with a lot of the clients I work with here in Los Angeles. Even some people I work with maybe in New York City, they, we really got a lot of deep, deep, deep toxic elements of gym culture and disordered eating that have been normalized. So the holidays for many could be a time to really work on stepping outside of that. Hopefully carry that into the rest of your life as well, but if nothing else. Uh, Okay, so again, what else? Checking in on yourself throughout the day, doing mental health breaks, mental health check-ins, I should say, and that might lead to a mental health break. Uh, Maybe set a timer on your phone or look at the clock, but checking in with yourself, especially while maybe home with your family or while having family or friends stay with you or while at a holiday event. We want to be aware of our moods. Again, if you're someone who struggles with an eating disorder, problematic relationship with drugs and alcohol, or maybe even a mental health issue like you know anxiety disorder, some depression, it's really important to be checking in. Because like I said earlier, if we're getting enough sleep and we're eating foods, that helps ground us and give us energy. But we also want to check in. Maybe you need a nap. Maybe you're getting a little burnout on the people you're around and you need some solitude. You can go outside and go for a walk. Maybe you need to even say, hey, thanks for having me over. It's time for me to exit. But we want to be aware of ourselves because we don't want to get into high-risk moods. Those are triggers where we're feeling really tired. We're feeling really cranky. We're not feeling like we're fitting in. We're not doing those that, that self-care that makes us feel like we're able to set boundaries and take care of ourselves. So do those check-ins. Those are really, really important, um, especially for people in different forms of recovery. And that might, again, these check-ins lend yourself to realizing I need a little bit of a mini self-care timeout, breathing, uh, moving around the house. And like I said, even maybe going home, we don't want to let a lot of stress build up because that's when it's hardest, like I said, to hold the structure and the boundaries and to really take care of ourselves. It's also why often later at night, it gets even harder because focus, motivation takes energy. And when we're tired, we're not going to be really able to apply it. All right, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to finish up talking about how to get through the holidays, but doing so really with our mental health centered and prioritized, which is what we often don't do in our general lives, and the holidays can make it even harder at times because we're away from you know, our structures and our routine. Uh, if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always open. Any questions you got, topics you want us to cover, circle back and hit. And past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show and click on it. We'll be back though, listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back talking about how to get through the holidays, focusing on our mental health. But now we're kind of getting a little more specific and talking to everyone, but more specifically around those that are in recovery, maybe from an eating disorder or problematic relationship with drugs and alcohol and and working through that. Also other mental health issues, maybe stress management. So the first thing we're doing is just talking about, hey, whatever you normally need to do, whatever your normal self-care routine is, the structures and, and resources you need access to and in place, keep doing that. And I said, even the basic needs, make sure you're getting your sleep. It's important for people dealing with mental health stuff and in recovery that sleep is always prioritized. We need that energy to stay focused and stay grounded. So uh, make sure you're eating, drinking water, all of those things, keeping in touch with your program, your meetings, your journaling. Even during the holidays, we're not able to maybe access it in person. We can still do it online, maybe do a therapy session with telemedicine. And if not, reading books, ask your therapist for some books focused on what you're doing or some homework assignments, some like journaling exercises, maybe podcasts that are centered in that. Also, we're checking in on ourselves throughout the day. Set a timer, certain times, but check in on yourself. How am I doing? What do I, what do I need to change? Because we don't want to get into those high-risk moods or situations. So we're checking in and saying, do I need a break? Do I need to go? Should I just step outside and get some air? You know, get a, go for a little bit of a walk, some deep breathing. Do I need to go say a prayer? Maybe I need to text someone. I often in my phone have snapshots of certain mantras or quotes that are meaningful to me in general, but also sometimes that are targeted specifically for environments I'm stepping into. And then I'm always able to access them. You know, no one's going to think anything strange if you're looking through your phone or step into the bathroom to read something and kind of meditate on it. I do that all the time. 
Okay, other things for my peeps in recovery, making gratitude the focus of the holiday. Uh, hey, how about we all do that? I've been rambling on and on and on and on about that all night and also all week. The focus should be gratitude. So focus on that. Make make a list or declare out loud or journal or make it something that everyone at the table goes around and talks about. What, we're, what we have gratitude for. That doesn't mean we're denying all the problems and things that are going on, but we're also at the same time allowed to acknowledge what does give us joy, meaning, purpose, and value and center ourselves in that. Just maybe for the holiday or maybe while you're at that event or all week long, there's some people that need to do it daily as a reminder to round out and to remember that at the same time as a lot of dark, struggly, stress-inducing things are happening also positivity and joy can be accessed. It's not toxic positivity, it's truth. And sometimes some people need to overindulge in that or over-focus on that because, well, they tend to do the opposite traditionally. So I think there's something awesome about that. Um, spend time renewing and recharging. You know, you don't have to spend all of your time practicing or participating in holiday rituals or some of the social events. I've at times felt like I had to go to everyone's everything and kind of took the fun out of it. It kind of burnt me out and exhausted me. So maybe you change that, go to some, maybe go to them shorter amounts of time. Maybe you set some new traditions. Uh, but remember, I talk to clients all the time about this with the holiday. Some people love going away and doing a very active, stimulating vacation or holiday trip. And I would say, if your weeks are like that, you need your weekends or holidays or trips to be restorative and restful. Otherwise, you're always, always pumping those stress hormones and always burning yourself out. So think about that. Do my holidays need to be something that's really energizing? Because my my days tend to be a little flat and, and, and beige. Or do I need my, or is it the inverse? My weeks are very stressful, always burning me down and burning me out. And I need my weekends or my holiday to really be rooted in just what's regenerative and soothing. Think about that. Uh, yes. And more importantly, also on the things that bring you joy, maybe write a little list right now. What would make me really happy to do during this time? Uh, what else we got? Okay. This next one's a biggie. Identify your boundaries before you arrive. That is what's really important for mental health, self-regulation, recovery is trying to predict what we might encounter so that we're prepared for it. And before we get together, you can think about what might come up. What do I need to kind of put in place beforehand so as to give myself permission to do that? I, you know, some people call ahead of time. Hey, mom, I'm not going to be sticking around all night. I'll be leaving early. Just want to let you know. And then when they get there and they have to implement that, it feels easier. Or when you get to the party, you might let people know, thanks for having me. I'm not able to stay that long. Whatever it is you might need to declare, you can declare it beforehand on the front end, but at least know that yourself. And then I, I was looking through an article and they made up, they brought up some even more, uh, specific targeted good ideas. They said, maybe you move your seat upon arrival next to a certain person who can, oh, oh, sorry. Maybe you move your seat away from sitting next to a specific person who maybe brings up negative emotions. Kind of talk about that, plan ahead. I know that the person's gonna be there. I don't wanna necessarily be around them. They have bad boundaries or they constantly talk about my body or the food I'm eating or why am I drinking or they drink too much and it triggers me. Also changing the subject or leaving a conversation that makes you uncomfortable, such as those about drinking, partying, diets, exercise, body shapes and sizes. It's really important one. Remember that you don't have to be a part of any conversation that isn't mentally healthy for you. You at any time could say, Hey, that doesn't feel good to me. Can we talk about something else? Or you can get up and, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom or I'm going to go sit over there, whatever it is. Those things are part of mental health. What, what you're forced to listen to and participate in. I'm going to take a little break. We're going to keep talking about this. Actually, no, we have another minute. Okay. Um, also saying no firmly to someone who's pushing you to maybe drink or to talk about why you're not drinking or who wants you to eat something or is commenting on you not eating enough. You know, setting boundaries often is about disappointing or frustrating other people or sometimes being socially clunky or awkward. It's actually how we know we're setting boundaries. Why? Because we're not comfortable or familiar with them in our culture. Most people don't set them, so we're not familiar hearing them set, seeing them set, or even having them set with us. So then when someone finally does, it feels a little awkward because it's so unfamiliar. Uh, I want to normalize us setting boundaries, saying, hey, that conversation doesn't feel good. Hey, I'm not comfortable sitting over here. Uh, no, I'm going to ask you to stop offering me alcohol. Or no, I'm going to ask you to stop talking about the food I'm eating. 
let's familiarize ourselves with hearing that, seeing that, practicing that, having those boundaries set with us so that we then don't put more labor on the person setting the boundary to then soothe our hurt feelings about having a boundary set because that happens. Take a little break. We'll be back. Stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back. And uh, before we went to the break, I was sharing with you that awkward, awkward scenario where you're setting a boundary for the first time or you're having one set with you for the first time. And it's so uncomfortable because we're not used to them. But it's holiday time and we're talking tonight about how to get through the holidays, focusing on your mental health, taking care of your mental health. And we're kind of talking a little bit more specifically about those with mental health issues or struggling with their relationship to drugs and alcohol or disordered eating and how setting boundaries for, you know, a lot of us is going to be a way to get through that. We talked about gratitude lists, which right now throwing that out there like that sounds like toxic positivity, but that's not what that was. <laughs> uh, checking in with yourself and seeing how you're doing. Do I need to shift conversations where I'm sitting? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to leave? Checking in, you know, really taking care of yourself. Um, sticking to whatever self-care structures you have in place generally. Talked about setting boundaries before you arrive, identifying that they need to be set, maybe doing it ahead of time so that when you actually do it in the moment, everyone was kind of prepared for it. Like, hey, won't be staying long, we'll be leaving early. Saying no when you need to see, didn't say no. And uh, shortening how long you stay. Again, we talked about that. Also, I've had clients based on a multitude of factors, sometimes because someone at the home is going to be drinking or drinking a lot and they're not comfortable or abuse history, whatever the reason is, where they would always stay somewhere secondarily. They would crash in a nearby friends or they'd get a hotel. Uh, they just weren't even comfortable staying on site. That's okay. And sometimes maybe we wanna bring someone with us. A lot of sober people don't have places to go or will bring other sober people with them so that they have a sober companion. They have sober support. They're not the only one not drinking. They have someone helping them hold accountability. It's also what some sober people do if they want to go to a concert or a football game and they're just newer to sobriety or whatever it is, they, they bring sober people with them. And if we can't do it that way, we can have them queued up on the phone, giving them phone calls, checking in, texting, giving support, you know, venting to each other. But we have to have access to others. But the whole point was basically know what you might need ahead of time or the boundaries. Not that you can't figure it out as it happens, but knowing ahead of time, you can kind of make it known, prepare for it. Uh, and then uh, finally, it's just about calling in reinforcements, which is basically what we talked about. Is there someone at the event or the party or in your family that can kind of be there for you, you know, advocate for you, help set some boundaries with you. You can go sit by them. Sometimes it's not the case. <laughs> Sometimes it's just all around not going to be good for you. And then maybe you should pass, but for those that have eating disorders, um, you want to be very thoughtful about, you know, the perspectives of those around you and what they're talking about and if they're zeroing in on what you're eating and how you're looking and things like that. But, you know, again, getting extra recovery support, like I said, is good. You want to surround yourself before, during, and after. Maybe that's what you head on and they're listening to. Um, keep a few snapshots of important quotes or memes, checking in on that throughout the evening, and then maybe kind of heading home, do a little bit of a decompress, call a friend or your sponsor, uh, Again, read something because oftentimes when we're in high, high risk people, places and things or around, or around a lot of triggers, we spend a lot of time not feeling safe or grounded. We're kind of in hyper alert mode. So afterwards, we need to sometimes decompress, kind of shake that off, transition back into safety. So have some things prepared to do that. Um, social, connecting with others, senses. We can have candles. We can have our favorite sweater to put on. Maybe we take a bath like I like to do. I play soothing music. Then we have the spiritual. Talked about this a little bit before. You maybe need to say a prayer or remind yourself of like your ethics and your values or what your recovery is about. Um, and then finally move your body. Sometimes it's just about like getting out there, going for a walk, walking home, um, doing some movement or dancing afterwards. Positive self-talk. I can get through this. I've been through this. These are all the really, really important elements. The key to all this being, and it hurts my heart that it even has to be said, but you know, holidays, vacations, all these different things should just be fun anyway. But we inherently just put so much, so much expectation and pressure upon them that it doesn't allow us to just really be present and enjoy. So know that you don't know what the people around you or the people that are coming to your event, you don't know what they're going through. So just be very thoughtful. The holidays are a very fragile time for many. Many of us aren't at our best. We're also coming out of COVID. Um, so 
just be very thoughtful about that. You don't know what someone around you struggling with. This person might be there processing their emotions, um, struggling to not go back to old behaviors and patterns, which is what happens for most people when we go back to our family of origin or our childhood home is we slide right back into those old roles and everyone does that. And then we start acting out old patterns. It's hard, but that's where if we do the healing and we do the work while we're there, we can kind of resolve some of that where we don't allow ourselves to play those old patterns and roles and we step into new roles and create new patterns. And that inherently makes everyone else have to kind of shift how they're relating to you. So think about that as well. What are the ways that you start to act? How do you regress when you're around your family? And what would the, what would be the higher, better self version of that? Because again, changes the whole system. Everyone's relating to someone healthier. Yeah. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. So uh, as always, got a question for us, bam, drop it in the DMs. Topic you want us to hit, something you want us to drop deeper into, also put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. Then you can binge, post, share, re-listen. But uh, stick around, we got some DMs coming back. You got a lot of gems dropped there. So you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, y'all, we are back. Sliding into the DMs. I'm going to slide into those DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, been with my boyfriend for six years, and overall, we are a strong partnership. I love that. That means we are a we and an us. We think in terms of we and us. We are cooperative. If if something hurts you, it hurts me too. If something makes you sad, it makes me sad too. You know, it also means that we uh, hope our presence in each other's lives is enhancing and makes life, each other's lives better. Uh, we like each other. Happy, sustainable relationships are rooted in like. We actually enjoy each other. Uh, we also, we don't name call. We are not physically abusive or psychologically abusive. We don't hit each other. We don't call each other names. We don't gossip. We don't intimidate. We don't bully. Uh, a great relationship would mean that you do allow conflict and it happens, but you, you deal with it quicker. You deal with it better. You resolve it. You learn from it. You repair. Awesome. That's what I'm hearing you say when you say we have a strong partnership. So well done. But back to your question, you said, lately, I've been feeling like we are kind of complacent, sexually and mentally. Any ways to break us out of this lull? Sure do. That means you uh, have fallen into some patterns. You probably prioritize in comfort. You know, every night's a blockbuster night. We're always laying around. You got to stay in the courtship cycle. Continue to attract. Continue to flirt. Continue to court and romance. Just because you're with them, we live together, we're monogamous, maybe we're married, maybe we have kids, that doesn't mean you let go of all that. That's how we get bored. That's how we get bored. All the things you did to get them and bring them into your life and form a relationship is all the things you need to keep doing. Keep flirting, keep romancing. That's how we keep that alive, by keeping it alive. That's how we keep it in our relationship, by not letting it drift. Go back to that. Start being more affectionate. Start doing things that make you feel attractive and attract them. Flirt with them. Flirt with them every day. Notes, uh, gifts, cute statements. Also, praise. I sat my partner down the other night and I said, let's talk about all the things we like about me. And it was a funny thing to say. I said, let's talk about all the things we like about me. I said, we are so confident in the world in criticizing people and ourselves. Let, let me share what I like about myself and let me hear what you like about me. And then let's do the same thing for you. Let's sit before someone we care about and talk about the things we're proud of. I want to get familiar complimenting each other more. I want to get familiar praising each other. I want to get familiar being able to praise ourselves for things we're proud of. That's mental health. That's beautiful. I'm not talking about narcissism. That's not even what I'm talking about. Don't let your mind go there because that's where some people's minds go. That's not what we're talking about. I'm always assuming we're healthy. Within a healthy context, we should be able to be proud of what we're doing and post it on our social media and tell our partners that. We should be able to say, I need to hear what, you know, why you love me because I'm having a hard day maybe. 
So also make sure you're building that in, but most likely you need to get out of your familiar environment. That tends to be the problem that you need newness and novelty. So yeah, that's going to mean you might need to throw on some clothes and get out of the house and save some energy for that. But your relationship will never feel good if it's just getting leftover energy. It's as important as all the other things you're putting energy into your jobs, your hobbies, your friends, you need to bring that same kind of game to your partner. And so save energy, conserve energy, leave work early, whatever you need to do to tell your friends every Friday night's date night, but you got to go do new novel things. You can't expect to see your partner in the same environments, doing the same things, and then somehow feel an exciting energy around that. It doesn't work that way. So that's the key thing you need to stick with is stay in the courtship cycle, keep flirting, romancing, and attracting, and also go do new novel things together out in the world. But make sure you're not giving it leftover energy and keep sexuality fun. Keep challenging yourselves. Keep pushing on your edges socially, relationally, sexually. You know, that's what we should be able to do within the, the healthy context of a relationship. And also talk to your partner about it. Say, what do you think it is that's making it feel that way? Or do you even feel that way? Maybe they don't. Maybe they're cool with what's going on and it kind of is something for you to solve. But make it a relational question. You know, a lot can be learned from that. What maybe they think would help, what maybe they think the problem is. Because it's always about what do we need to stop doing? And also at the same time, what does it need? We, what is it that we need to start doing? Because often we need to start doing some things and stop doing other things. So maybe you got to change your schedule around, change where you're, what you're prioritizing, change where you're putting your energy and kind of step outside of what's comfortable and familiar because comfort and familiarity, which is what we most want in a relationship is also what works against the fun, dynamic, joyful energy at times as well. Good stuff, y'all. That is our show. So, uh, hope you all learned a lot. We are channelq.com is where you can go to check out past episodes, binge, post, share, re-listen. Uh, spend the rest of the time focused on self-care as much rest as possible. Carve out, find a little bit of joy and pleasure. No matter what it is, go get that ice cream cone, go masturbate, you know, go, go do some online shopping. Just bring a little joy into your lives. Um, be good to be good. Tongue tied. That's how you know the show is time to wrap up. Uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to others. Y'all thanks for hanging out and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.